Good morning on this Saturday morning. Welcome to our devotional, Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. In talking about Jesus being our high priest, let's look at the Old Testament at Aaron and his sons, uh, the Levitical priesthood, to get a, an idea of what the description, we're going to use the word, what their job description, their responsibilities, the do's and don'ts, the uh, the pros and cons of their calling, the things that they were responsible for. Take some examples and try to go as far as we can today. But then we want to do a comparison of, of, uh, of a parallel and see where Jesus also himself not only fits in or fulfills, but even greater because his priesthood is after the order of Melchizedek, this mysterious uh, individual that is mentioned in Genesis, which Paul describes in the book of Hebrews. And uh, apparently, God had made an oath to Christ or to Jesus that he would be a priest or the priest uh, after the order of Melchizedek. So then that means that the order already existed even before the order of Aaron and the Levites. And uh, there's a wonderful description in the book of Genesis where the, the patriot Abraham, where it talks about him paying tithes and how Levi paid tithes in Abraham, even though he hadn't even been conceived or born yet, hundreds of years before, uh, where there is an underlying principle there uh, that one can uh, actually even go into. But let's look at the book of Leviticus. In chapter 21, in verse 10, it says, And he that is the high priest, a very specific uh identification. It uses the high priest among his brethren, meaning he is going to be distinct and separate, identified as unique compared to the others that are just a priest in the Levitical priesthood. And he that is a high priest among his brethren, upon whom's head the anointing oil was poured and that is consecrated to put on the garments, shall not uncover his head nor rent his clothes. Now, if you remember or have read in the Gospels when Jesus was before uh, the high priest at that time, there was two high priests, uh, there, the the order basically, uh, either they they were coming out of the the lineage of Aaron's sons, and Aaron had several sons. He had Nadab and Abihu. He had uh, Eleazar and Ish, Ishtimatar. I can't exactly pronounce his name, but anyway, so out of out of them, you could have two high priests uh, at one time. One being in charge or the head a high priest, if we could put it that way. And uh, because of that, then that's where, like, let's say Eli, 
he wasn't out of the 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 lineage of Eleazar. He was out of the lineage of the other other brother, and uh, of course uh, his his uh, priesthood and his lineage was erased uh, because of the way that he treated the things of God and his sons. And of course, even though he did good in teaching uh, Samuel on what to do, how to do it. He became a, a, a tremendous prophet for the Lord, but then, nonetheless, he was a super failure when it came to his sons. Now, it says, And he that is a high priest among his brethren, upon whose head the anointing oil was poured. This is important because there was a special anointing that was put upon these individuals, the high priest. The oil was a very significant special oil that was poured upon them. Uh, it was, yes, olive oil, but it, was, it had uh, fragrance, aromas, uh, spices, uh, things that God had said that they were to mix into it when it was poured upon the head of the individual. Now, if we are going to look at Jesus as the predecessor to Aaron's priesthood and uh, the high priest of the order of Melchizedek, then we must look at when was Jesus anointed and why is this significant? In the Gospels, we find that Jesus was anointed when he went to the river the Jordan River, and before John, he was baptized into the waters and coming up out of the waters. John saw it. He heard the voice. Jesus saw it. He heard the voice of the Father saying, This is my beloved Son, whom I am well pleased. But they saw the Holy Spirit as a dove descending upon him and remaining. Now, the Holy Spirit is representative of the anointing. When we talk about a person being anointed, we're talking about the Holy Spirit being upon their lives to minister, to speak, to sing, uh, bring deliverance, to preach, all these different facets of ministry. Now, the high priest was anointed with oil, the very first one was was Aaron, and he was anointed. And we have a beautiful description in Psalm 133 concerning this, of him being anointed. Now, when Jesus was anointed, the Holy Spirit not only came upon him, just as the Holy Spirit will come upon, would or had come upon any of the Old Testament prophets, he came upon them, they preached, they ministered, uh, they did miracles or signs or wonders, whatever it is that God wanted to do through them. The Holy Spirit was present there, but then he was lifted from them. He did not permanently reside. The Holy Spirit had to reside only on an, an individual or the life of an individual whose life met certain qualifications and conditions. And Jesus' life was of such a nature, 
And, and we're going to use the word lamb. Jesus had the nature of a lamb in his life. He opened not his mouth even when he was led by his captors to the slaughter. Jesus did not curse those who put him to death, but he said, forgive them for they don't know what they do. Jesus had a very different nature. So the Holy Spirit and the nature of Jesus as a lamb are very related together in that the more we as Christian believers take on the nature of Jesus in the in the form of the lamb, when I say the form of the lamb, study it, uh, uh, understand that a lamb is very different than the other animals or the other uh, beast of the field that are identified, whether they were used for the sacrificial system or whatever. A lion, it is said of a lion, depending on the wind conditions and, 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 and the roar, when a lion roars, a lion's roar can be heard up to two miles away. Stop and think about that. And when uh, a gazelle or some type of a deer, uh, an antelope, uh, uh, a, a rabbit or a mouse or whatever animal hears that roar, they're instantly frozen in their tracks. Because of that powerful, powerful role, they know, they under, they, the fear of what they have just heard literally causes them to stand still in their track because if they move, they don't know, they could be his next meal. Well, the scripture describes Jesus as the lion of the tribe of Judah, but it describes his nature in the book of Revelation many times more as the lamb versus the lion. And Satan in the book of 1 Peter in chapter 5 is described as a lion who goes about roaring. In other words, he goes about causing fear and dread. People's uh, uh, hearing of, 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 of whatever calamity, whatever the uh, thing he's throwing at us when he roars many times we just literally freeze in our pathway or in our walk or in our thinking and, and, and are brought to a halt because of that roar. But remember, that is only a roar. It's not an attack. It's not an attack as far as uh, he is already uh, uh, devouring us, but he goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. No devouring has taken place, but he sure is seeking someone who he may devour and and and, and deal with. But Jesus, on the other hand, uh, he said, come and learn of me. I'm meek. I'm, I'm humble. Uh, uh, take of my yoke. Learn and 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 you'll find rest for your souls there's a a big difference but looking at first peter 5 8 it says be sober be vigilant for your adversary the devil as a roaring 
lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. So that means we are marked. He is looking to attack us. But that doesn't mean that we should be afraid of him. But it does mean that we should be sober and vigilant. Because he's an adversary. We have to know his ways. Uh, yeah, he, he may be the king of the jungle. <clears throat> but we have to know his ways. And when it comes to Satan, it says in verse number 9, Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. So, if the devil goes about as a roaring lion, that means he's looking for, he's looking for a target. He's looking for someone to uh, literally assassinate, literally devour, literally destroy. But he's going about with that roar to freeze us in our tracks. In other words, if he can get you to be frozen and not move, he'll catch up to you. But as we've learned, we are not of those that are of the flesh. We are those that are of the spirit. As we learned yesterday in the nuggets, we don't walk in the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal or of this world, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Our weapons are given to us to resist the enemy, to resist the adversary. And it says, resist, resist the devil, according to James, and he will flee from you. If there is no opposition, no resisting him, he's going to be hanging around until he reaches his individual prey whom he's seeking to devour. So what do we do? Since we walk by faith, we're going to have to resist him in faith. Since we walk in the spirit, we're going to have to resist him in the spirit. Since we are called to do certain things, it's going to have to be a walk according to the word of God and always remembering that the blood of the Lamb is already upon our lives. It has covered us. It has cleansed us. It has drawn near unto God. And it has transformed our lives. So we can resist in a walk of faith the adversary. But remember, it says be vigilant, be sober. And also, the verse before that, it says, Casting all your cares upon him. For he careth for you. That means if we're overwhelmed with the cares and the worries and the frustrations of this world, then that means that our eyes are not going to be uh, vigilantly looking. Our minds are not going to be sober and we can fall prey to the enemy. Well, consider this food for thought and for the imagination. Join us tomorrow. We'll pick up along these lines. But until then, the Lord richly and fully bless you. Keep looking up. Our Redeemer is soon coming. Amen.